The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Start your day off right with one of our K-Cups, Original Blends, Coffee House Blends, or Instant Coffees ranging from mild to dark. And now you can discover your shade of dark roasted coffee developed especially for coffee lovers seeking dark, roasted, complex Folgers Noir coffees. They highlight a range of dark yet smooth roasts. Find us in your local grocery store or online at Folgers.com. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode, episode number 89 of that Respective Combat podcast, where today's episode, myself and Trico just sat down and broke down everything from this past week. Blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. And yeah, it just got crazy. As well as we're previewing with C three seventy nine and the future of two K games. So let's just kick back, relax. Rico and I will see y'all in three, two. And what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of that Respect the Combat podcast. My name is Mr. D.L. Donez, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the most, Mr. Trico Fullerton. What's up, brother? Oh, my goodness. I said a couple weeks ago that the fireworks just began, and it, it has not stopped since Labor Day weekend. It has not stopped. I had to tell my church this week, like, yeah, twice I had to tell them because I knew it was going to happen. Like, my phone, y'all won't be able to reach me or do anything with me. And this is bad when you're working tech at your church. But I had to shut my phone off to make sure I could actually pay attention in the middle of serving. Because I knew it was going to go off the hook and Let's just say it's been nonstop since probably last Friday, and it's still going off the hook. I'm not going to be surprised if it goes off in the middle of this recording. Because, man, it's been crazy. Indeed it is. Indeed. Bro, we've got people getting bitten, dogs getting scared after death. We've got retired... MMA fighters getting in boxing matches. People getting compared to Leah Michelle. It's crazy. And then we've got bad booking, very bad booking. It's just crazy nuts. Let's just get started with these mainstream, shall we? Yep. All right. With that being said, first, because I don't think we touched on it, from last week was Joe Doring of Violent by Design and Impact had a return, of unfortunate return, of his brain cancer. So he is taking a leave of absence to essentially eradicate the cancer and do every everything he needs to to just clean that up. So, I don't know. Or... I'm just praying for him. And Impact has also released a shirt in honor of Joe. Not 
where all the proceeds are going to the surgery and everything involving this chemo. Not necessarily a bad thing. He's not, I don't know how to word that without it coming off dark, but so they're doing a nice tribute shirt and tribute giveaway to Joe to where all the proceeds are going to the procedure. And the shirt is entitled Keep Calm and Kick Ass. And just with Joe Doring's face and all the beard and goatee in the front, Keep Calm and Kick Ass, where the proceeds are going toward him and his family. And he battled brain tumor, brain cancer, excuse me, six years ago in his 30s. Now he's in his 40s and it came back. And yeah, and he informed Scott Demore and others that the cancer returned, so he's taking time off. Where does that leave Violent by Design? Eric Young is doing his thing in just transitioning, heading toward the Bound for Glory, Glory getting ready for a character change. I don't know where that leaves Diener, but only time will tell. But if this the end of Violent by Design, bro, it was one heck of a ride for the trio for the last like year, year and a half. And Eric Young got to live out what he wanted to do with San with sanity just using VBE. So I enjoyed it. So yeah. It was crazy. And then on top of that, because we, granted, I know I don't want to get into social climate or social climate or political stances or putting political figures above another, but it's going to come up throughout, especially UK sports or English sports throughout probably the next three, four months. And that is the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and you, London's longest standing queen. So, yeah, it's crazy. But she was in her, she was almost 100 and passed away. So it's a lot to take in and just prayers for the royal family. All I got to say, and for the entire country, country and nations. I don't know how those go, but yeah. And with that being said, here are what I have for our traditional, I should say, mainstream highlights as Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. So Jake Paul finally got his next boxing fight, man. Crazy. With... UFC legend, probably UFC Hall, soon to be UFC Hall of Famer in the modern era, when Anderson Silva is set for October 29th. And Jake Paul kind of exposed the boxing in the world, man, which is crazy. So, what are your thoughts on Jake Paul and Anderson Silva? Uh, I think this is a must win for uh for Anderson Silva in this situation. 
I mean, he knocked out Tito. He knocked out Tito and is trying to get into K1 after his MMA career. But we'll see. Because is he still the spider that everybody wanted to see in the 2000s during his middleweight title run before the first Whiteman fight and he just got cocky? Or are we going to see post-Whiteman Whiteman 2 on in this fight, which if we see that Anderson, like post the leg break, it's going to be an interesting fight. But if we see Silva from Weidman pre-Weidman, it's going to be a long night for Jake, I feel it. Because a lot of his style, like, worked. And DX, Hunter and Sean, are essentially now chief content creator officer, content officer, and what was, I gotta look it up again, but what was Sean's official title? Uh, I know it had something to do with NST, but I forgot what was the, uh, the, the actual Because he got appointed for, like, something chief on the company. Yeah, it was, like, chief content, chief Yeah, senior vice president of talent development creative. So I knew it was something I knew it was something within creative. It was like a weird title. But so essentially all of creative and WWE content is going through Triple H. So you know him. He specifically is gonna have a lot of input on WWE 2K23 when that comes out, and we'll get to that at the end of this episode. But Sean being over Senior Vice President of Talent Development Creative, NXT, some input with how his creations are presented on the main. So Triple H may be head of creative on the main roster, but Sean, for like all the NXT call-ups, like Bron. Ron Breaker when he gets caught up, how toxic, and this whole mess with uh, Nikita and uh, Zoe was a few weeks back. That whole thing that runs through Sean. But to have it run essentially through DX is so, and it's so weird now, but I couldn't think of two better people to be like in sync with each other to run it from DX and with the possibility of a road dog road dog would road dog be in back excuse me I can't talk it's crazy and then also speaking of WWE Pat McAfee and I know a lot of people are going to be upset when I say this Pat McAfee is going to be a a full-time analyst for ESPN's College Game Day, which what does that mean for WWE? He talked with Triple H because he thought he could do it, which he did a couple of times last year when WWE had to go last minute and went from College Game Day 
for, had to get commentators from over, couldn't get everybody back in time. So Pat flew from a college game day and can't subbed in for commentary. I think that might have been his call, but it was WWE's call to say, hey, that's not going to be good for your health. That's not going to be good for your family. We love you, man. But until the end of the college football season, we're going to put you on hold as far as SmackDown commentary. Because imagine having to take a red eye back and forth a Friday night to Saturday morning for about four or five months out of the year and doing that back to back. And yeah, I know people complain like, oh, don't WWE superstars do that? Like going from town to town, city to city for live events. A lot of them are driving to to and from live events within the same town that SmackDown is in within probably a couple states of it. And then they fly home for like four or five days. They're talking Pat flying cross country to get to college game day from SmackDown and have to take a red eye constantly. That takes a wear and tear on his body and is not good for him or his family for him mentally or emotionally. So I'm sure he'll be back probably post mania, if anything, or at mania next year. Which I know a lot of IWC fans, the internet wrestling community, excuse me, will love to have him back because he's been a joy on SmackDown. But for his own health, for his own well being, starting this week, Pat McAfee is no longer a full time member of the SmackDown commentary team. Your thoughts, because they have not announced as of now who's replacing him. Yeah. Um. Uh. Temporarily. Uh. Uh. Oh, what I'm hearing is a temporary. Um. Move for 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 McAfee. As far as I, uh, he, uh, he, yeah, he is going to be there for all the college uh, game day. Um. He's full time, so he's there like full time, and we'll be there every season. So, and um, what I report is that Corey Graves is now is going to be there temporary, working both Raw and SmackDown until. They find a, a permanent uh, somebody for for to work with Michael Cole on SmackDown. Call up Nigel, try and get Moro back. They have options, but I get it. If they're not like so keen and so quick about replacing Kevin Dunn, I don't know who they could get that would be a good like fit to bounce off Michael Cole. I just don't want it to be Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and possibly Byron Saxon. I want to hear them three like I do in 2K constantly for every show because it does like kill the product if you're hearing the same voice two to four times a week. Like, that's the one thing I do like with AEW. They do with AEW's commentary. Freshening it up just so you don't get like bored of commentary after hearing the same voices on 
every show, but it does hurt to know, like, hey, probably the best commentary setup is not going to be with the company. And before we get to the final piece of the puzzle, when Clash insert these recaps, Albert Pujols is so close to beating, he is now one away from tying Alex Rodriguez's home run record. And sitting at 695 home runs, he is only five shy from that elusive being the fourth player all time to hit 700 home runs in his Major League Baseball career. And then also, we got to say thank you to two insane women, two insane women in their perspective sports. Because unfortunately, one called it a career and the other, she kind of hinted at it, but she didn't say, I'm hanging up the racket. That would be the Seattle, Seattle's uh, Sue Bird and the Serena Williams. Did you get that after her loss during the U.S. Open? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe. She just didn't say I'm retiring, like, officially. But Sue Bird has confirmed she's retired. Even though they didn't mention it, but uh, but it definitely was a hit of retirement. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) Serena hinted at it. But she didn't say it. Sue Bird outright said it. it. Was like, if we do not make the WNBA finals, which we'll preview that next week, I gotta make sure everything is up to date in my notes on that one. My apologies. But Sue Bird, one of the greatest WNBA players of the modern era, is retiring, which is crazy. Like her and Diana Taurasi, I'm not saying this just because of one of the covers of NBA 2K23, but they are two of the best ever to do it and two of the longest tenured in WNBA history to do it. So it does hurt, especially if you're a Seattle fan to see her retire. But, hey, it goes from there. And shall we talk – the uh cla- move on and start talking about these recaps. I know the one you want want to talk about, but we have a few others we got to get to first. Mm-hmm. We'll save the one you want to talk about for after the break. Actually, now that I think about it, okay. No, that, um, it's a lot I want to go over the clash of the castle, all that. Uh, I'm saying the saying the big one from Sunday. Yeah, uh, which one we going well, over first? Uh, we'll go over Clash first. The big one from Sunday we'll save for after the break. And I think that's why I'm like, okay, we'll save that till later. But Clash, I mean, let's talk about where Worlds Collide because that has like my fewest notes on it. Now I think about it. Because as I kind of men- mentioned last week, it was essentially three title unification matches and two main roster versus modern NXT matches for the non like 
combinable titles. So with that being said, Casey and Katana, Katana and Caden, excuse me, I still can't get used to that, beats Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. for the NXT Women's Tag Titles. Then you had Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet. And one of the better matches of the weekend, Carmelo Hayes beat Ricochet Nutt, which crazy. And then Pretty Deli combined the NXT and XQK tag titles. Mindy Rose became the undisputed NXT women's champion. And Brown Breaker became the undisputed NXT champion. But the big story out of the undisputed NXT tag title Fatal 4-Way, man, that's a lot of words, was Damon Kemp betraying Diamond Mine. And then gifting pretty deadly the NXT tag championships. Which is crazy. I'm just glad when it comes to NXT, like the tag title scene in NXT, to where it's not confusing anymore. Like, you actually have a definitive set of champions. Because, like, for a while, it was hot potato between NXT and NXT UK more than anything over the tag titles. But did you happen to watch Worlds Collide Sunday morning? Yes, I, I have. And, uh, and and I definitely agree. Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet was the... um. The, the match of the night, it was... Uh, Second match of the weekend, but it wasn't match of the night. It was match of the day. The yeah, position but, of the card. Show. Yeah, as I mentioned, match of the night of the of the, of the Wars Collide show. Yeah, uh, uh, and, uh, it was a day show, bro. None of my chill. Yeah. And um, Fatal 4-Way, I didn't like the outcome, but um, it is what it is. So I guess they, they continue on with the uh, with the Diamond Mine story as, a, as it is. Um... Manny Rose. Now is this a match? I'm gonna shut up and let you just suck because I've ran it and I'm sick of it. Yeah, she's I, on my hit list of one of the worst women's champion, North American women's champions out there. Yeah. Out of all of them, she's probably the lowest one. But go ahead. Actually, yeah. second lowest. I would put another one we're gonna talk about lower than Mandy by a hair. Yeah, and um, the uh, I don't know if Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, even though they are a heel tag team, but it feels like to me they feel like a tweener, uh, between Wars Collide and NST last night. I don't. Know. Well, they kind of are. I don't. But know. they get presented as weird. I don't. Know. Like that weird baby, like weird tweener dynamic. Like one wants to be a heel, which is kind of Dewdrop. Nikki's still clint like clinging on to be in a face. Almost that weird like Dominic Mysterio dynamic. And speaking of Dominic Mysterio, we might as well hop in a clash. Hold on one of- sec. And uh, I want to say about the main event. Um Ron Breaker, um, even though um I picked Tyler Bate to win the match, but no, nothing against Bar Breaker. Yeah, he was really good, but um I you feel thought like- he was getting caught up. Yeah, everybody thought Braun Breaker was gonna get caught up because let's be honest, like he has really nothing else to prove in NST. But um, but actually, than, just go after Carmelo. But why? Yeah. But other than that, uh, I just feel that um that Tyler Bay um 
and all the guys, uh, some of the some of the, some of the people from NST UK feel out of place in this NST. I'm sorry. Yeah, they definitely do. Mako has a purpose, and it was covered by Damage Control doing their during their appearance on the bump. It's like mentoring some of the younger generation, almost as a mentor. Bait definitely feels out of place. I'll give you that. And then Gallus does feel out of place, but they are a character gimmick. So we'll just see when they end up going through and premiering NXT Europe, how much of what's left of what's NXT UK, because they're stuck in America until NXT Europe gets materializes because there is no NXT UK anymore. That's why they did the Worlds Collide show. But speaking of UK shows, Clash of the Castle. Oh, baby. So let's just start it out by saying no title changes whatsoever on this card, which didn't it didn't surprise me, but the way they went about the main event, which Solo showing up after Fury got his lights punched out, which we knew Fury was going to get his lights punched out. I even going, did a Friday meme for that. Did a Friday meme. The Friday. We're not going to touch on the memes right now because Fury, like, that is the one story within that they could tell that they have not literally told at all with the money in the bank. Like, even Dolph and Dolph kind of was close, but he really didn't do it. And then um, the only other one that was kind of longer was uh, Edge, but Edge was just being a snake about it and just bashing people and still winning, using the briefcase as a weapon and still winning matches. Seth kind of held it for a long time. Yeah, them are the only... Only three, I could say, held it for a long period of time. Everybody else kind of cashed it in early. It was Seth, Dolph, and Edge. Well, part one, not Edge part two, because he literally just stole it and then cashed it in like four days later. And then they pinned it on an injury that turned out to be false. But, yeah, that main event was kind of crazy. And then it ended with Sola Sokoa being the difference maker. I'm curious to see what happens now, especially with Sami Zayn still playing the role of the bag carrier for the bloodline. And yet, they've got the fourth Uso. They've got the third Uso. They've got the fourth member of the natural bloodline up there. And here's the thing. Now you can actually have a few... That involves the IC title. I know people want Sheamus to get the IC title. I can see being solo now. And if you want to use NXT continuity, Solo and Gunther already have prior history. Like Solo went straight to Imperium and tried to knock Gunther out. And almost did it. So imagine that happening for the IC title in front of Roman. And Sammy couldn't get the job done. 
but Solo did. So, yeah, I could see that being a plot devo- plot device for further storylines. And speaking of Imperium, f- Solo won the only 2.0 call-up as Giovanni, Giovanni Vinci, the former Fabian Eichner, rejoined with Love with Kaiser and Gunther. All of Imperium is back together. The OG Imperium, I should say, not Imperium 2.0, because that would mean Wolf, Alexander Wolf got re-signed. But speaking of re-signed, with that being said, re-signed, Ron Strowman is back. Just hope he doesn't trip over anybody this time. Thoughts on even though I know people are going to call him a sellout over Control Your Narrative, what are your thoughts of the return of the monster? I just hope they uh, they book him better than he had when, uh, during um, his last uh, he last his last few months when when he was still there. So hopefully they got something in store. Look who's got the pencil. Yeah, they got something in store for him because um, we even touched on on possibilities. For extreme rules, but we're gonna wait it out to see about what happens in a couple of weeks. But um, other than that, um, with Solo Sokola on uh, joining the bloodline, Sokola, Solo Sokola, Sokola, Sokola. That's sorry, I've ever pronounced the name, but um, yeah, uh, it definitely creates um a, a lot of scenarios. Based on what you mentioned, um, because you got um finally the whole bloodline is complete. Now, what's the use of Sami Zayn being in there? And that creates uh another scenario where Sami can finally get or will finally get kicked out, and then you can finally do um a feud. The fall of the bloodline. Yeah, yeah, you know, but how it's gonna be set up? We don't know yet, but um, but like I say, it creates a lot of scenarios. And then for for solo, I know that we touched on solo because like he don't want to follow in uh in in his brother's uh, brother's footsteps and be like the um, but he wants to be um his own man. So like you mentioned, he can't go for the intercontinental championship, and then uh, uh the whole bloodline will be dripping in gold. But here's the thing. A lot of people want um at least one match, and this brings up Survivor Series with Gunther and Bobby Lashley, but that all depends on its solo. Gunther and Sheamus. I mean, Sheamus and Solo. If yeah. you book Sheamus or Solo against Gunther, I say Gunther drops the title. If you book another with Sheamus or you book the solo match, Gunther's dropping the title. So he has two options to drop it. It's just which direction Triple H and WWE Creative want to take it. And it's mainly like from there, you could easily see Solo getting it and that jumpstart the fall of the bloodline because you could easily book KO and Sammy at Survivor Series versus the Usos. And then you set up going into 2023, the fall of Roman. Because 
And this is why I know people are upset, especially if you're in the UK. Granted, you still have the Drew, a run back with Drew as well for Roman. You have Karrion Cross, you have Braun, and you have a run back with Drew, then three matchups. And then you have the Cody matchup that's on our own. So Roman's time is not done with creative stories. But it's just creative and intriguing challengers. It's just getting to them and doing it. Now, are they going to do like the random, like big four pay per view challenge for Roman? Yeah, there's one, maybe two more matches. Do I see Roman at Survivor Series when they have Crown Jewel? No. Do I see him doing a big match at the Rumble? More so day one than the Rumble. And then. Yeah, I say he drops it either Rumble or Mania. And uh, speak speaking of the Rumble, they confirm it will be in San, San Antonio at the uh, Alamodome. Alamodome, yeah, Alamodome, yeah. And then we got to talk about this uh, women's tag title rematch. It's set for Monday. Raquel and Aaliyah versus Damage Controls. Dakota Kai and EO Sky, which they officially got dubbed that. And Bailey is now. Bailey broke Bianca's 300 day streak of not getting pinned or tapped out in the middle of the ring, which is crazy to think Bailey, one of her biggest rivals from last year, is the one to do it. But also. We're getting the run back where Raquel is basically about to pull her man on the women's tag team division because her partner is essentially just Lana 2.0 and a punching bag. That's how she's been presented. And at least I'm kind of okay with that. Compared to Liv. And you're actually, and here's the way, unfortunately, WWE booked themselves. The fan favorite is not the baby faces, it's the heels. Because Raquel in title matches is now, I'm going to say three up on Dakota, 2 0, 2 0 up on EO since their NXT run. Because Raquel got a tag title tournament went over Dakota. Beat D- Dakota involving the NXT women's title. Beat her for the main roster tag titles. Beat EO for the NXT women's title. EO didn't get a rematch. But Raquel beat her for the WWE women's tag titles. So if you take all that into account, it says damage control is going to get a W. And I do think Aaliyah is just there to eat the fall. If the ref knows the difference between legal and illegal. And I do think we get the match we should have had last year between Bianca and and Bailey at Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's title. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, 
Uh, I don't know. Should they do an I Quit match? Well, for what they uh, uh what they previously going to do at Stream Rules? Should they do an I Quit? Um, should they do? I don't know if it's going to be a stipulation based match, but I do think it needs to be a D- no DQ stipulation because we already know Dakota and Neo is they are going to show up and try and screw over somebody. Like, Bianca, if it's has DQ, if somebody... Okay, go ahead. And Bianca, because if DQs are a thing at Extreme Rules, one, it's not going to be Hell in a Cell base. It's not going to be that bad, but it'll be bad. But two, with this, and you give free reign for uh, damage control to get involved, they'll get involved and screw over Bianca out the title. And it's, like, predictable unless you book either Alexa and Asuka, which I don't want to see that match. I think putting the title on Bailey after everything is a smart idea because you set up more challengers for Bailey. Rather than I think Bianca's kind of run her course as champion and circle back to Bianca down the line. Because you have Alexa and Asuka, and then you have literally Raquel and Aaliyah, you have Nikki ASH and Dewdrop. You're building some more tag teams to feed with damage control. And heck, just as I did with the Riot Squad and Absolution, and they try to do with. Toxic attraction down in 2.0. Tag teams are going to form to rip the heads of the three of them off, like Dakota, EO, and Bailey. So you build it around them and put the titles on them. Unlike putting titles around Liv Morgan, that was like my work. I hate to say it, but Liv and Shayna. With maybe my least favorite match, my yeah, my favorite to second least, uh, least favorite match of the weekend is Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler because I think it was just presented bad. And though one, the wrong person won clean, the wrong person won clean because you need to tell me a former MMA fighter. Is going to be that a former MMA fighter is going to fall into submission based wrestling with somebody that. Because Shane is a bantamweight, for those that don't understand, that's like 135, 145 pounds. To somebody that is pretty much maybe 20, two weight classes beneath them and just fall into the submission game. Come on now. That makes zero sense. You're telling me that freaking Surreal Gone can get submitted by Leon Edwards or even, let me say this, like Izzy can submit Surreal Gone. Come on now. That's not happening. But it's stupid. Yeah, I am not happy with that. And speaking of the UFC, we are in a B 
big. And last but not least, before we hop into the UFC, now I'm thinking about it. Dom Simp Kid's going to be a simp. And I want you to title this that, this episode that too, Trico. Simp Kid's going to be a simp. Dominic Mysterio finally did it, y'all. And finally, quote-unquote, Tortoise Poppy became a man and chose Judgment Day over Dada. Thoughts on the entire proceedings, other than the fact Judgment Day needs to win big matches if they're going to have this big character development. Oh, my goodness. Like, um, um, this was like a pitch like years ago. I didn't. Two years ago when Don came, um, I don't know how long this day going to go on, but... It was pitched when they lost the tag titles. Yeah, but um, as far as Dom is concerned, if he continues to be a heel, um, if they do a match between him and Ray, I think that would be Ray's retirement match and Don will, will retire his father. Yeah, because how much more like damage could Ray's body take with his style? Because Ray's got to be coming up close to like mid forties, close to fifty. Because man, with his high flying style, I love Ray Mysterio, and trust me, when I got into the yeah, he's forty seven, turning forty eight in December, but it's like. Raise knees, man. His, like, body, who knows. And he still looks good for 47, 48. Same with Edge. Edge is like, he just got one year left. And this has got to be the feud. To... Like, Dom retiring his dad is going to make him a hated heel. But you've got to make him a believable heel. To do so. Right now, Simp Kid's gonna be a simp. Am I wrong for saying that? But am I right? Not really. I think that would be a um a means for that. I mean not really, but yeah, I know people are gonna be mad that I'm using that terminology, but this man legit chose a girl over family. And, uh, and I said, this is a reminiscent of Eddie in China. Everybody's been using the Eddie in China memes. Like, I've seen the Veer Mahan memes. I've seen that in China memes. Bruh. That, if there's one thing to come out of this whole story, it's the memes of Dominic and Rio. And yet... If you put real life into it, like Rhea's real life boyfriend did the same with Aaliyah in kayfabe. Because <laughs> she's dating Buddy Matthews, which, yeah, we're going to move on because I could say something else right now, but I kind of want to leave that for the AW portion that we're going to cover after the break. But before that, Let's talk UFC 279, which you want to talk about drama and a prelude to drama. 
this is the card to do it because it is headlined by the number one, number three Walter White in Leon Edwards' like path of just whatever. And Hazmat Chime versus Nate Diaz. And Nate Diaz is pretty much like, fire me. Essentially telling Dana White to fire me and get like in my UFC contracts. He basically pulled the MJF out there. He basically pulled. Oh yeah, like this is not really like MJF kept kept himself quiet since he took that hiatus, which we'll get to. But legit, oh legit. Nate Diaz has legit gone on tirades against Dana White in the UFC over his contract, over life, and like either book me or fire me. And he's been going at that for the last year. And that's literally like I think the intrigue in this card, no titles, but it's the future of 170 and the future of like Nate Diaz because his brother nearly did it and now it's his turn to new, nearly do it against the top five Walter White like air the UFC dirty laundry and the co-main is actually very intriguing in itself because it is the Walter White debut of Tony Ferguson which I do think is a right call because he was never getting the title at 155 and Leisure Yang at so it's a low seated fight, but it's a Walter White debut, which I'm kind of intrigued about. So yeah, that's your main and co-main this weekend. You got in the undercard of your main card, Irene Anelda versus Macy Chalison, which in route could easily set up for But uh, but yeah, it's gonna be uh, which very could, which could easily set up for Amanda Nunes, and then you've got Kevin Holland and a catchweight on this card. Yeah, it's a pretty. And then Johnny Walker is kicking off the main in the light heavy. So yeah, it's this card is kind of insane, and I'm kind of looking forward to it this Saturday. And that's just the main card, not the prelims, any of that. But with that being said, we know what you guys want to hear. And we're going to give it to you right after the break. Hey, everyone. Are you looking for the best streaming service to put in your library? Well, Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus are putting together the ultimate streaming team. Get the best stories from Disney Plus. Get the largest streaming TV library from Hulu and can't miss sports from ESPN+. They are better together in all three. So get all three today for $12.99 a month. For more information about the Dizzy Bundle, go to dizzyplus.com slash Bundle and sign up now. And just like that, and just like that, we are back and 
Oh my gosh. Well, out of the frying pan into the fire, boy, is this crazy. It yeah. is crazy. Yeah. It ain't over yet, folks. That was just the first half of the fireworks. And it is, and the real one is just about to begin. Shall I just say ding ding on Sunday? Go for it. So we're talking about AW all out in the aftermath, which the actual card was it was 15 matches too long. Let's just start there. Was 15 matches too long? Considering WWE in two shows had 12 matches, like 12, 13 matches stretched across two cards. AW one seven hour, like six hour card, 15 matches. Regardless of how many night days they did, do you think it was too long? Especially for the crowd. Yeah, and some of the matches uh, the, that you would agree on that should not be on the pay-per-view, it should be saved for, for a dynamite or or a rampage. And some of the matches was like, why did it go a squash? Why it didn't go long as it should have been? And well, one of them that went literally, and I'm looking at the time right now, looking at Wikipedia for the times right now, which was Christian and Jungle Boy. That one went 20 seconds after an angle. And the reason behind that was legit. Like, Christian came into the match injured, apparently. Why was that legit, like, even on the card? That could have, that was like one of the better hyped up matches on the card. And yet, Christian showed up injured. So they did that ankle to injure Jungle, Jungle Boy and put him there. But let me run through these match times and let me tell you. So, the Casino Battle Royal, Casino Ladder Match, whatever, excuse me, 15, 14-15. The Trio Title Match, 19-15, so 20 minutes. So right there, you're looking at 35 minutes. Here, uh, Jade Cargill versus Athena, 4 minutes, 20 seconds. Then you've got the six-man between FTR and Wardlow versus... Jay, Jay Lethal and the Guns, a.k.a. the X Division, 16 minutes, 30 seconds. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks, 5 minutes. Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaimed, 22 minutes, 30 seconds. Tony Storm, Britt, Jamie, and Sheeta, 14 minutes, 20 seconds. I already talked about the reason Christian and Jungle Boy went 20 seconds. Jericho versus Danielson, 23 minutes. Sting, Darby, Miro versus the House of Black, 12 minutes and 10 seconds. Punk and Mox, or Mox versus Redacted, 1955. So, and I'm just going to tell you with how these matches were presented, what you could have taken off, and you could have cropped, and I just went main card, but if you go, Main card and pre-show, JAS versus Ortiz and Ruby, 
six minutes on the dot. Hook versus Angelo Parker, 355. Hack versus Kip Sabian, 1225. 1225, excuse me. Eddie versus Ishii, 1325. So if you take the matches that out of the 15 off that I think you should take off. JS versus Ruby and Ortiz. That saves you six. Hook versus Angel Parker. You're at 10 minutes. Pack versus Skip Sabian. You have 23 minutes. Eddie versus Ishii. Even though I love both those guys as I have competitors, right there, you could have saved. Yeah, I know they were pre-show, but none of them needed to be like on the card and you have four matches that you could have taken off right there and that would have saved you match time wise not entrances a solid half hour right there then and put probably and giving them a little bit more time jade and kiera i mean jade and uh athena they would have got more time and put them on the pre-show Especially when your main focus on the card. Trio title, they had enough. And then the only one, other one I would have taken off throughout would have been Darby singing Miro versus House of Black. That would have saved you 12 minutes. So you're looking at 40, you following 30, 42 minutes right now. Trico, you following 42? Yeah. So, oh. uh, yeah. and then one more match. That was another 16. So, you're looking at 50 minutes total. And it would have been, and it would have been taken off FTR Wardlow versus Lethal and the Guns. Because, one, I took off every match that had a non AW talent or non AW like stipulation off the card which in turn it was one uh, two three like three matches throughout these 15 plus I took the matches that had the least to do with pay-per-view like quality and then love it or hate it I would have put Jade and Athena on the pre like I said and then I would have also put Hobbs and Sarks on the pre, giving them a little bit more time. And then you would have saw that. Right there, adjusted it. I got rid of the entire pre-show that they had and then made the adjustments. And then the main card, you would have only had one, two, three. They're like six, like seven, eight matches on a main card. That's not that bad when you think about it. But a... 10 to 11 match pre like main card 15 match overall with some wrestlers to where this is one their AEW debut and how AEW had to present the guns was some cheap anti-Chicago heat one of the greatest teams for another company and you present them as anti-Chicago that's their whole heel characteristic. You don't present them as a 
any threat to uh, AEW, but yeah, it's just nuts. So, yeah, I did not care for that. Yeah, like uh, like I mentioned, some could have been saved for a Dynamite or Rampage, and so, well... The ones I took off and moved the freaking the pre-show should have been like, okay, let's move on without these. Yeah, like the Jungle Boy Christian Cage uh, match, like, I understand why it went to a um, 20-second squash. Like, I don't know, because it's still going to move forward and story. But for, nah, Christian's uh, injured. They can't do that, like, physically because uh, Christian's, like, fully injured. Yeah, they, 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 can move, they can still move on, but now you got loose of swords in the mix, so. Christian's going to be a proxy. Yeah. And then for the Ricky Stars Power of Hobbs, if that's not gonna move, if the story's not gonna move forward, then why did you make it a swash? Why did you make it? Bruh, that one why? is like the most confusing one like ever. Hobbs and Starks, why like that's what happens when you have way too many matches on a card and then you favor like a lot of it's just bad. And then they had matches that were the wrong decision based off the crowd. Call the audible for the acclaimed versus Swer- Keith and Swerve. Because that crowd was for the acclaims. And then you had the entire night centered around MJF's return, which went flat. Because why, after he left, basically cussing these guys out and you put bring him back with legit um let's just say i come back and i'm asked which not good come back and win a contender match rather than just like making what it is so i am not happy with how that got presented with everything. Like, you could have easily had eight... You could have easily had MJF bust up the main event. Definitely since... Had the title unification match, that would have been MJF's return and busted it up to where you have no undisputed champion after everything, and that be the return. Instead of the way you got it, it just looked so tacky. And speaking of tacky, yeah, I know Tony Storm is the new AEW Emerald World Champion, and we touched a little bit on that last that whole situation last week. Tony Khan doubled down on his, like, Thunder Rosa cr- criticism. And now she's wanting her release from AEW because I would too if my boss disrespected me on this level. I would try and get out that contract. And here's the thing. Tony Khan's disrespecting her even though he bought her 
out of her NWA contract, which is the funny thing. Because if you remember, he bought her out while she was still in a feud for the NWA Women's World title. And now he's saying she sucks. Not a good look. And she sucks and she's not a draw. I'm like, dude, that is your job to get get her over. And you basically have given her, in the time she has been on TV, about as much time as a CM Punk entrance. Like, her, all of her appearances on Dynamite have been as long as the CM Punk entrance. Just one of them. And that is not a good look. Congrats to Tony, but hey, you're now in a sticky situation because the incumbent champion is trying to leave the company. So enjoy that interim world title. But yeah. And now shall we jump off the cliff? Trico, now shall we jump off the cliff? Yeah. And uh, should we go full-fledged of uh, everything that happened? Um, I mean, it over. there's a reason why I'm not talking about the main event or who the trio's champions are right now. And what happened after got overshadowed by the shenanigans that we got to talk about with... CM Michelle, CM Michelle right now. That's his new name based off a couple of YouTube videos I was watching, which is the truth. And it kind of. So. You've already talked about it once, and I know yours is going to come out after the around the same time, if not before this. So go ahead and uh, touch on. Uh, the facts the details that you know, and we'll go from there and I'll fill in the blanks. So, um, yeah, uh, but everything that, that, that I touched on before in my latest uh, technology news talk episode, I just had a dynamite review. Uh, when did that drop, by the way? Uh, I just recorded it um, uh, right after we, we got started. Right. right before this recording. So, yeah. you recorded it Thursday as well, but when did it drop? Uh, yeah, it hasn't dropped yet. Um, so dropping Thursday, right? Yeah. Okay, so for RTC, it's up now. So we'll continue that. So go ahead. Yeah, so... Start well, with the post-match of the main event, go into the media scrum, and then we can chime into everything after that led into your dynamite review yeah so the punk beat moxley to win the title and then the joker revealed himself to be mjf he got a mixed reaction of cheers and boobs and then after that that's when i kind of felt it yeah or when Pun did the interview in the morning of the scrum. He was like so baffled 
about MJF's return. He was like, I don't care about this. Like, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to speak well, well however I, I want to do it. Like, even if Tony Khan was uh, on my other right side of me, I don't care. So I'm going to touch on everything about the elite, Colt Cabana, Hangman Adam Page, and everything. So after Punk was done with his, with his interview, Mac and Nick Jackson did basically a super kid party on CM Punk's door. And then that's when all the madness started uh, with Kenny Omega getting involved, Christopher Daniels getting involved, a still getting involved. So even Nakazawa and Kenny. Yeah. And even and Larry the dog. Yep, the dogs. But um, but at least uh Kenny Omega kept the dog safe uh, out of the um the melee. So that that's good on Kenny's part. So um yeah, and um I think um uh, I think A still threw the chair at Nick at Nick and then um and also, a a steel that's uh, got reported. Yeah, and then a steel uh, try to bite and pull the hair of Kenny Omega. Pull the hair, which is so stupid. Jesus Christ! And um, hey, as you know, like, but Larry he started barking and stuff because he knew he, he was scared at the moment. That's how that's how dogs react. So anytime that something happens, they will bark at something like, well, something's going on. And um, so so yeah, could be somebody just trying to knocking into the house so act crazy. Yeah, so a lot of um, uh, officials, uh, personnel try to break try to break it up. Even Christopher, I think Christopher Daniels and uh, was one of them trying to break it up. And then um, it was him, Cutler, and Nakazawa. Yeah, and basically all of this happened during when. Keith Lee and Swerve and Swerve were, uh, were doing their interview. Um, Tony Khan did not was not alert of everything that happened until like I think what like after the scrum, when like after the scrum. Yeah, because there are videos of security literally like running. There are videos of Keith and Swerve's interview where security is just bolting like past the entire scrum. And you mind if I hop in? Because there is a key point that we got to... Now, let's stick with uh, just the facts right now. Let's stick with the facts. Yeah. Which, yeah, so there are videos out there to where, yeah, like, Keith Lee and Swerve were doing their media scrum follow-up and confused over some of the questions. And, yeah. Security bolted past them, and it's just like, what is going on? And Swerve and Keith Lee didn't have any muffins or beer on them. Thank goodness. But yeah, it was so weird at the time. Nobody knew what was going on. And then you hear these reports. You're like, oh no, why was Tony Khan still on stage if that was going on in the immediate facility? Because it couldn't have been far from the scrum if you saw security like running past the scrum to get backstage.
go ahead. You got more uh, details regarding uh, Sunday night, or are you moving to? Uh... Okay, so as far as the uh, the, the the suspensions, Pong was suspended. The elite are suspended for now. Yeah, Punk suspended for now. Still no word yet. Yeah. Um, Brenda Color suspended. Christopher Daniels uh, suspended. Um, uh, Kazawa suspended. Yeah, and, Nakazawa suspended. Michael yeah, Nakazawa. yeah, yeah. No update on A Steels yet. His even involvement with the company. Yeah, but um, several AEW personnel's no name was mentioned was also suspended as well. Yeah, we all thought um, uh, like there were like thoughts that Hangman got fired. Answer no, because he was not he was not present at, at, at the fight. He was not there. He was not. Yeah. And like, so it's crazy to think those were the suspensions. Now hop over to what happened on Dynamite with for we're still just going over details before we break into opinions. Because the final set of details is that all four of them got stripped of their titles and Death Triangle won the trio titles on the most recent Dynamite. Over, um, Orange Cash over best friends, over best friends. Excuse me, but also there is now a tournament that is so random over the newly vacated AEW World Heavyweight Championship, which is crazy. So, um, uh, Jericho. And Moxley got a buy in the semifinals, and then the first... into the semifinals. Yeah, it's, it's still in the quarters, or it's technically still the quarters right now, but it is uh, Jericho and Mox into that, which I it's a weird match. It's yeah. a weird format, but the two that should be in the tournament are Kingston and Miro, and they're nowhere near it. I get you're trying to have some form of prestige, but you got to look at who's in your, like who could easily use this much space and who is a New Yorker that could be easily like elevated with even their involvement in the title match. Cause you look at it. It's like Jericho, Canadian, Canada via Florida via Canada, Hangman Page, VWV, West Virginia, Brian Seattle, Sammy, definitely not NYC, Darby, not NYC, Mox, Sensi. And also, I get you want to elevate the prize of the TNT title, that Sammy versus Darby match. Should have been Eddie and Miro with the winner going on to fight Mox. And that's how you could have easily solved it. Because now, one semifinal before the rampage, the quote unquote rampage semifinal, is Jericho versus 
Danielson with the winner going to Grand Slam. And the Rampage side of the bracket, which I don't know why they showcase these matches on Rampage, though. Because I would have done this very differently. I would have just done a Deadly Games that night. I'd have done Hangman, Danielson, Eddie Miro, Jericho gets the winner of Hangman and Danielson. Eddie Miro gets the winner of Mox. Yeah, it would have been a lot of ex-WWE guys, but you easily could have had either Eddie or Hangman destroy all that, or you set up MJF on another one of his rants. Because now, who is he really cutting promos on until after Grand Slam? Not Nobody. Is he going to keep doing it on the company when the company just brought him back and made him number one contender? Come on now. It makes no sense. You'd had either MJF bust up the world title match or bust up the Grand Slam tournament final, not just randomly pop up in the casino ladder match. And then my biggest issue with this whole situation, with how it was presented, not the whole thing, because I do think all parties involved that actually got physical, not the ones that were holding, trying to at least hold these five morons back from each other after the comments. I'd have fired the four, and Ace Steel would be arrested right now. And just wash my hands with it. Granted, I know the company got founded off the back and the resources and the legacy of the Bucks. And I know CM Punk's the top merch getter, but you have to make the example and set the president that, hey, this is not going to fly and this is not okay. Eddie Kingston got suspended for pie facing somebody. These guys literally got into a physical altercation after just unprofessionally comments. The unprofessional comments are the reason I say CM Punk should be fired. The Bucks, their involvement, EVP status revoked, and I was not there for the fight, thank goodness, but gone. That is my entire take, and that's how I'll leave it to it. Any other comments? Uh, I just, uh, I'm just gonna say this. Um, Tony Khan finally stepped up, uh, uh, like a boss as he should be, and take action of suspending Punk and and the Elite and uh, and stripping of their uh, of their titles. I think he should address this on. In the ring, not in a backstage pre-tape. Nah, because he get too emotional when he gets in the ring, so it's better that he did the pre I know that, but you are to the point where you have to cut. Like, this is one of those situations, like, screw 
the uh, perception and how your emotions are. Let them know, like, hey, yeah, I do feel some type of way, but my emotion, this is like me. This is not a character. This is real life, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I know we can't handle a mic, but yeah, it needs to handle a lot more prevalent than what he did. Because uh, MJF is going to be floating around in just randomness. You've got Malachi Black winning the lead over what for reasons. And yeah, it's just crazy. You have so many people, so many different emotions. And yeah, I think Tony Khan should have addressed it and did a public statement in front of the crowd. Yeah, they would have booed, depending on the decision, but you should have fired all four of them by now, because the longer this drags out, you are going to just alienate and put your entire company against itself. Like, whether it's like fan perception or uh, what's the other fan perception or the locker room until a decision gets made, fans are going to be against itself. So it's not fair to the rest of the company that's trying to do something and build it and make it better. Or it's not fair to the sponsors. It's not fair to anything else. You need to make a stand. Fire them all and then publicly say, hey, I know I screwed up, but we're going to move on. This is AEW. Heck, you had Cody out there up front the first day of the pandemic on TV in the ring, just speaking from the heart. You had Vince after Crispin, after the details from Crispin Law out in front of the crowd on camera. After the initial like thought of Crispin Law and Eddie. And then Vince re- retracted the next night on air and said, hey, Benoit will outside of the net words on my lips right now will never be mentioned in the capacity of WWE ever again. We made a mistake. And nobody's faulting Vince for any of that, but everybody's faulting Tony Khan right now because he has not owned up to his mistake. Yeah, I know he acts like a little girl and can't handle on-camera perception or fan perception that well. Just look at how he acts on Twitter, but this is one of those things he needed to step up and he didn't. Need I say more? Nope. And we pretty much just said what we had to say. So, um, but um, hopefully- uh, I would say tra- change over to technology and truth only, and we'll give you more of their uh, an elongated, just specific point on this topic. As we go and end on 2K 
NBA and the future of WWE 2K. Which, which uh, NBA uh, NBA 2K23 is available now. And season one is live. Yeah. Which, crazy to think that another NBA 2K for the versions going from 60 to $150 are out now. So season one is live and I'm hyped for it, but I'm like, is it next gen? Like, I don't know if they're releasing content next gen wise or just current gen wise. So it's crazy. But that's the good news for 2K games. Bad news, and this is more on the arcade wrestling games. 2K said themselves, because of how bad WWE 2K Battlegrounds was and how bad a, com- a commercial flop it was, they're done with the arcade games. They are done on with arcade wrestling games. Which, it was just a commercial fail. Thoughts? Uh, yeah. I think we're past the uh, the point with certain uh, arcade games. And... Um, uh, but uh, other than that... Uh, Wrestling ones don't work in this market. I hate to say it. And this is one of the things that scare me about AEW Fight Forever. Because if Battlegrounds proved anything... Wrestling arcade games are not that good right now. Have not been that good since like the 2000s, fan perception wise or anything. So it kind of scares me going into February, which is the presumed timeline that we're getting another arcade wrestling game. And that being WWE, I mean, AEW, Fight Forever. But, yeah. Yeah, but let's see how how it goes from there. Yeah. But I love when it goes. And, yeah. So, anything else other than uh, this week's episode you want to plug? Not um that uh, take two for another uh besides the uh, the dynamite review that we did but but tune into a regular episode of the technology news side as we're gonna be going over uh the Emmys that's gonna be we're gonna do a, a, a preview of that which is which airs on Monday and then uh, and other and, and other news that I'm gonna touch on uh, it will be touched uh, as well. And also, um, I don't know if you guys got the news yet, but uh, R.I.P. Queen Elizabeth II. They got the news because I said I started this. You didn't pay attention. But uh, yeah, not too much with me. I think we're pretty much on the same page when it came to the AEW stuff. There's not really much you can say. It's like, all parties are wrong. And yeah. With that being said, for Trico, I've been Donez. Thanks for listening to another episode of RTC. Find it. Follow us on 
Instagram. I'm working on I'm working on setting up Twitter for the podcast. And two fingers out.